You're listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast, the podcast where we discuss the best and not so best books we've ever read. We're your hosts, Liv and Kim. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh my goodness, it's a third person. Who could it be? Another guest? a foreigner here. A foreign voice. Who is it? Hi, I'm Liv's friend, Jamie, friend of the pod. Best friend of the pod. Yeah, best friend. You've heard about her week after week. I always say, oh, you know, just my friend, Jamie. I was with my friend, Jamie, and this is Jamie. Here I am, IRL. We all read a book. We all read the same book, which feels a little bit like a miracle, but it was a frustrated miracle. I know. It's kind of crazy that we were able to coordinate this. Yeah. Like it's hard to do a like a three person read. Defied all odds. Here we are. Here we are. Now we're going to discuss. Okay, one thing I wanted to ask that I've I've been dying to ask you guys. <laughs> How did you guys meet? How do you know each other? Oh. <laughs> we met in our masters. We're both second degree. Oh my god, second degree. <laughs> Are both second degree black belts? <laughs> second degree murderers. We're both um, second year master's students doing the same degree. Yeah, we met last year in our program. Almost two years ago. Almost two years ago. Yeah. And we have gotten very close very quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Jamie, what are you doing your project in? Um, on My project is on the experiences of child-free women and how they navigate their decision to be child-free and the cultural influences on their decision and the way their decisions are taken up from their social groups. Yeah. So cool. So I'm in the data collection phase right now. I had an interview this morning just before this. And yeah, it's exciting stuff. It's fun so far. Yeah, now we have to do the thing. We're both just like, what did we say if like a I don't know, like a month ago, we were like, we feel like we already have master's degrees. Like, didn't we do it already? But we actually have to do the actual thing that gets us the degree. Like, we've only really done half the work. And so now we have to do the other half of the work. But it feels like we already did it. It does. But there's also degrees. Our degree is course-based and then we do a thesis. But a lot of master's degrees are just one-year course-based master's. So, yeah, it does feel like a big shifting gears and like we have done a whole degree yeah I'm like just hand me the piece of paper please yeah we've just like talked so much about research and now we're like oh that was all leading up to like actually doing it yeah yeah now you have to I guess compile it and write it oh my god I feel like writing or what whatever you guys do like whatever you guys do in your little degrees just kidding but that's so much work though and then having to like write it and put it all together and like do you have to defend your thesis? Like, is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know so much about school. Yeah, I feel like that's that's also a lot. So good on you both. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Doing the important work. It's well, tempting to uh, stop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we're going to do it. We won't. Stay tuned six months from now and yeah. hopefully we'll be done. Well, you'll yeah. be done. Then, but I... I to just power through it's time to go wrap it up wrap it up 
(laughs) time to just finish it no that's good that's really cool I'm very I don't know both your projects your research topics sound very interesting and I think they're like very necessary for social discourse right now and whatnot and yeah no good on you guys well Jamie guess Jamie bestie of the pod um how's your week been what have you been up to my week is good um I was at home which is Toronto slash Toronto area um I went home for Easter and then I had a friend from BC come and visit the following weekend so I just stayed there for like 10 days so that was lovely I didn't schedule any of my interviews while I was home so I got to take a nice break which was good like at the end of the term especially but now I just got back yesterday and I'm feeling like a little overwhelmed about getting back into my routine but um yeah it was nice to have a break and we're we're getting back into it so yeah it was busy (laughs) how was your weekend oh well that sounds fun (laughs) it was good I've been busy Oh, I have one story, one story I could add for the podcast. Um, There's this like all you can eat. I feel like a lot of my stories are surrounding food. I don't know why. Um, I like to go out and eat. But there's this all you can eat buffet that's here in like the the Pueblo I'm living in, Dos Hermanas. It's called M-Walk. And it's like a... It's supposed to be like an Asian buffet, but it's, <laughs> I would say it's like fusion because Spanish people really love Spanish food. And anytime there's like a restaurant that has, that's like Chinese or Japanese or whatever, they still have Spanish food. So <laughs> we always go to this restaurant and it's like one of those typical all you can eat buffets. Like there's like Chinese, Japanese food, but then there's also like fries and pizza and like not Japanese food. But this one's funny because it has like, it's not, I don't know. It's just weird because they have Spanish food. Like they have paella. They have like potato salad is really popular here. It's like potato salad with like garlic aioli sauce, olives, like a lot of fucking olives. Um, It's really good. But every time we go, we get so sick. Like eating too much or like... Well, that and like the tummy, tummy not feeling nice. Oh, no. Like fast bowel movements, if you know what I mean. What is the Mandarin? Do you not have the Mandarin in Calgary? No. Do you know what the Mandarin is? No. What is that? Is that an all-you-can-eat buffet? Yeah, it's an all-you-can-eat. I think it's Chinese food. Buffet. It's all over Ontario. And it's basically that. It's like. Chinese food, Asian food, and then like pizza and French fries and yeah. like ice cream. And you it's all you can eat and it's like horrible food. I personally don't like it, but people love the Mandarin. And then you just feel like human garbage for like two yeah. days. Oh my and god. It just, like, wrecks your body. But people, yeah, people love the Mandarin. Have you noticed? Oh my god. Here. Should we go? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what I lobster experience all over again. not the red lobster experience not that was so bad oh, yeah 
Yeah, yeah so bring the tubs to the restaurant. Yeah, Pepto Bismol instead of water. Just be drinking Pepto Bismol. Oh my god. Oh um, yeah. No, that's like you know that. Okay, well, my joke didn't land. But that's okay. That, what you were just describing, Kim, is literally the Spanish version of the mantra. Oh my god. Okay, that's so funny because there are some in Calgary. Like there's a a one. Or A plus buffet or something. Oh my god. Oh I don't want to yeah. talk I don't want to talk about my bowel movements, but I've never had such a quick one after a meal <laughs> at that restaurant. On the way out of the restaurant. <laughs> like I was sitting there after the meal and I'm like, oh my god, this is and then my whole fat because my family was in from like my parents live in Surrey, BC, and they were in Calgary. And like, I don't know, Filipinos love all you can eat buffets. I think this is why I, I love this place, kind of, because you just get like so much variety. But my family loves all you can eat buffets. So we went to this place in Calgary. And yeah, right after, like, just, <laughs> yeah, no, it was immediate. I was still at the restaurant. And I'm like, how did it move that quickly through my body? I don't <laughs> know. Like, there's some weird parasites in this food. But, anyways, um, that's a, my story. But I got so sick. And then I got like, I went in our I went in our pool after just kidding but the place I'm staying at has like a little little pool in the backyard and mm. it was so hot and I just I think I got heat stroke and also like food poisoning felt like I was dying but yeah whatevs how are you yeah. feeling recovered yeah I feel good now um okay you know I feel great I feel great now but it is still hot here and um I think I'm in like a weird haze is it the heat? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get used to it. I mean, what the fuck am I going to do? It's going to be you um, all summer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, Liv, <laughs> what have you been up to recently? I took Remy, Taylor and I took Remy to the dog park for the first time since like the spring here was just so snowy and slushy. That like the dog park we take him to is literally just a giant field, like a it's a huge dog park, and we went there when it had snowed and it was like you couldn't walk around because there was so much snow, like it was too deep. Also, Remy is twelve inches tall, so he can't do that. Like he is was basically just getting buried with snow, so we just held off going to the dog park for a really long time, and then we went on Sunday, like the day that it was like twenty five degrees or something. And he was so happy and he like ran around and then we saw another wiener dog and he looked exactly like Remy, but he had short hair and he, from so far away, we were like, oh my God, that dog is tiny. And then he was bigger than Remy. And I was like, is that what Remy looks like far away? Like a tiny little like squirrel. And he was, there. yeah, it was another wiener dog that was like, he was the same size as him, but he was like six months old. So he's not done growing. But he was so cute and they played together. And I've never really seen Remy like play with another dog because when he goes to the dog park, he doesn't really play with other dogs because they're too big. Like he does like chase, like he'll get chased or he'll chase people, but he doesn't like throw hands and stuff. And he was literally just like, they were like playing and like wrestling each other. And we just never seen Remy play with another dog. And it was another dog his size. and It was really cute and sweet. That was really sweet. Yeah, it was nice. I, I just, Going to the dog oh, park is so lovely. Cool. I was wearing like a tank top dress and it was nice. But yeah, that's my story oh, from the weekend. That's nice. Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. Everyone's I mean, back. it's cold today, but it's okay. She'll be back. 
Yeah. There's flowers everywhere. And that yeah. feels really nice. I'm scared for them, though. I don't want it to get cold and have them all die. I hope it won't. Yeah. Um, Kim, what are you reading? Wait, 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 wait. I actually have a different question for you. Did you bring your book on the train? I did. And I did. So Kim has, Kim's <laughs> reading A Priory of the Orange Tree, which is a fantasy novel, but it's like, do you have it with you? It's like the size of your head. Yeah, let me get it. So you can just see it. But she hasn't been reading it because she doesn't like bringing it around with her because it's so big and heavy. But then it just means that she's been reading it for like six weeks. And so I said to her, I said, you need to just bring it with you on the train. Because it doesn't look that big in Zoom. I swear it's like it's way like, bigger. It's like the size of a Bible. Yeah, I think it actually maybe the Bible's more pages. Yeah, but I don't know. She, the, the, but that's like, that looks like the thickness for those listening. It's about the thickness of a Bible if you're familiar with how thick a Bible is. <laughs> yeah. It it's yeah, it yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. It is. And to answer your question, I did bring it on the train. And and I read it. Yeah, no, I it actually I don't know. I don't know why I was so scared. It actually helps a <laughs> it actually helps a lot. Like, um, I didn't read any on the way back because I always walk like with my with my colleague Irene she's listening I don't know if she listens but whatever um and we go on the train together and I don't want to be like um can you stop talking to me so I can read that's fair yeah but I do have like half the way I didn't I didn't read it on the way back but on the way there I read it and it was really nice because I made more progress than ever before but in an hour actually no I guess like that my longest stretch on the metro is like 40 minutes I only read 25 pages like these pages are dense whoa yeah like I'm not I'm not a super super fast reader like some people read like crazy but I'd say I'm pretty average but yeah the pages are dense but now I like have a good idea of what's going on so thanks Liv <laughs> I like peer pressured Kim yesterday I was like <laughs> you need to just bring your book on the train bring your book on the train. You have a two hour commute every day. Just bring it with you. And she was like, yeah, I should. I don't know why. You have a two hour commute every day. It's actually like three. Well, both ways, both ways. But yeah. Like an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. It's like, so I walk to the bus stop 15 minutes. I wait for the bus. I get on the bus it's about 15 minutes to the train station and then I wait at the train station for about a five five-ish minutes get on the train for 40-ish minutes and then walk to the office which is 20 minutes from the train so it's like a little journey every day yeah it is a little um, yeah but it's I don't know I actually because my job in Canada I was working from home like remotely for two years and I like I liked it because I got to be home, but it was too much, like too much at home. Um, but this job is nice because I only work at the office four days a week, and Spain has a bank holiday, like holiday, holiday, holiday every day. Just kidding, but like every few weeks, there's like two or three bank holidays, so it doesn't feel like that much. I think if five days a week I had to do this commute, it would be a lot. But four days is like kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's three. So, yeah. 
That's fair. Yeah. So I am reading The Priory. Yes. And I've decided not to pick up any new books yet, but I just saw that I got um, a library ebook hold and it's Eileen by Otesh. Oh. So I'm excited to read that one. I've heard that one has like, I don't know. I think that's the one I was like most looking forward to read. But there was like a glitch with the Calgary Public Library because I'm still using the Calgary Public Library for all my books. And the system was down for two days over the weekend or something. And all my library holds like lapsed. <gasps> oh no. Because I was supposed to like take them out or whatever. And now I can't. So I'm like, what the fuck? But not like I needed them. I'm reading. I have too many books to read, so it's fine. But I'm excited for Eileen. Yeah. Jamie, what are you reading? I'm reading A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. I got The Candy House by Jennifer Egan for Christmas for my partner's mom. And I was like reading the back and it's not like exactly a sequel to A Visit from the Goon Squad, but there's overlap in characters. And it said something in the description of the book that like you didn't have to read A Visit from the Goon Squad first, but you'll like recognize some characters and storylines if you had which made me want to read it first so I've been reading that I kind of go through phases where I read a lot and often and then ones where I just like carry around a book but don't actually open it very often and I'm kind of in that phase right now so it's been in progress for a while but it's not a good book to do that with because it's a lot of storylines and it jumps between them so if I take a long break and then go back to it, I'm like, I don't know who any of these characters are. I have mm. to like go back a few pages and like refresh. So it's good. It like won a Pulitzer Prize, I think in 2019, maybe. So it's good. It's very well written. The writing is beautiful. I'm like, again, just having a hard time following because I've been reading it so slowly. But yeah, Candy House is next. So. Oh, what genre is that? I don't think I've heard of those books. I don't know what genre it would be considered. I think it's just open on good like literary fiction. It has like a whole PowerPoint slide at the end of it. For like 40 pages. Like a lot of pages are like a PowerPoint. (laughs) It's like like PowerPoint slides for a big book. Yeah. Yeah. It's literary fiction, contemporary fiction. It says short stories. Oh, okay. I've seen the candy house. Like I've seen this cover floating around, and apparently there's a giveaway on Goodreads for it. <gasps> wow! Right now, for us only. So oh, no, not for oh. us. <laughs> not us. Sorry to us. Um, yeah, it says her new novel is a sibling to a visit from the Goon Squad. So they're not quite a series, but they're related. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to put this on my to read. Um, but A Visit from the Goon Squad won <clears throat> oh, the Pulitzer Prize in 2011. Oh, it's old. Yeah, the National Book Critics Circle Award and the Los Angeles Times Book Prize and was named one of the best books of the decade oh. by Time Magazine and Entertainment Weekly. Whoa. Yeah. And then The Candy House was recently named one of the New York Times 10 best books of 2022, as well as one of President Obama's favorite reads of 2022. Oh, damn. So... If Obama liked it. Oh, President Obama? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sold. Yeah. 
I think you bought a Wizard from the Goon Squad in a, a little library. I saw that on your story, Liv. I did. I found a copy. Well, I I debated taking it from the little library because you have it. So yeah. I was like, if I want to read it, I could borrow it from you. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, might as well. So I took I it. To I took it from the little library. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> I took <Yeah>. it. <laughs> if you want to borrow the candy house after. Yeah. It's, it's low down on my list currently, but I do really want to read it. And... The fact that like 40 pages of it is PowerPoint is really intriguing to me and yeah. like makes me want to pick it up. I just want to, I just really want to read it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's about, but. Yeah, I had no idea when I started reading it either. Yeah, which kind of how I go into all my books, but. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say you've also been on your audiobook journey. Like you've been listening to many audiobooks. I you've have... listened to a ton of books I recently. Have. I've been on a bit of a like, what's the word? Hobby hiatus. <laughs> I started like knitting and listening to audiobooks and like doing all these things all at the same time. And then I just like stopped doing everything. So I, it's been, and I, so the Vanishing Half that we're going to talk about today, um, I listened to as an audiobook. So I read it when it came out in 2020. And then for the pod, I re listened to it. But before that, I had taken a bit of a break. But I had listened to 12 audiobooks. Before what were that. they? I listened to the entire Harry Potter series. Yes. Which and- is why I am now listening to the Harry Potter series. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jamie was my inspo. Um, and then I listened to Daisy Jones and the Six, Such a Fun Age, Call Me By Your Name, Crying in H Mart, and Carrie Soto is back. Oh my gosh. So I've listened to 13 audiobooks this year it's a lot of books when I yeah and that's like I took many weeks off but when I do listen to them I listen to them pretty quickly yeah like it's all I it's all I listen to but this one I listened to on I found the narration very slow so I listened to it on 1.25 speed and I do that frequently my ADHD brain really really likes that (laughs) yeah um so I may start doing that which may speed it up even more. I do that frequently. I, I listen to the Harry that. Potter ones like that. Really? No. Mm-hmm. My boy, really? Jim Dale, is the perfect audiobook narrator. He is. The perfect oh, yeah. audiobook yeah. narrator. So him, I could listen to all day. I also didn't want to finish those books quickly because they're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're so good. The audiobooks. Side. Yeah. <laughs> those books are amazing. Um, and Jim Dale absolutely slayed yeah. those audiobooks. There's I, also another, oh, yeah. record, there's two versions, um, but I started listening to Jim Dale and once I did it, there was no going back. Yeah. I think I did this, there was one book that I only had, or I had two books at the same time. So I had to finish one of them very quickly. So I put that one on the faster speed because it took like hours off of the book. And then I realized that it, I got, had gotten used to it. So then when I listened to the next one on normal speed, I was like, oh, that's too slow. And so I, but now I'm on the last book and I have like, I'm like 70% done and I have it. I almost want to make it like extra slow Yeah. because I don't want it to end, but yeah. yeah. I felt so lost when they were done. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go back to all my podcasts that I haven't been listening to since February. That's the other thing. I felt so behind on all of my podcasts. Yeah, I really am an all or nothing person. Me I too. like audiobooks, mm-hmm. actually reading, like podcasts. It's like the only thing I engage with. 
I, like I can't balance multiple things at once so I don't know what it is yeah no that's like that's kind of like me I I listened to music the first time for the first time today and like since I got to Spain because <laughs> I've been listening to like podcasts so often I have not listened to any music so I was like oh my gosh these are all these songs that are on like Instagram reels and TikTok like I was like what's popular right now <laughs> I felt like such a grandma like I'm discovering I feel like I just like came out of a cave and I've finally discovered Spotify music what? I just listen up and I'm like why, why 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 did I do that like I was just like working today and I'm like like listening to music it is 2023 oh I know and I haven't listened to music since 2022 like <laughs> that's since 2020 like obviously unless I've been like at places where they've been playing music yeah but, but you like, putting musical, musical musical you putting music on yeah and even like at the gym I listen to podcasts now I'm like what psychopath does that like this is kind of weird yeah I like I'm someone who's always listening to something so I always have music playing so I never related to that oh, until okay. recently like when I started listening to patio audio books audio because <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say audiobooks and podcasts yeah. um I like the I like the term patio books yeah patio books no, that's kind of cool. Both of them. Combined. Yeah. Um, I started listening to music a lot less. And when I was reading a bunch of audiobooks and like catching up on all my podcasts, I also realized that I hadn't listened to just music in like weeks, mm-hmm. which never happens for me. But I kind of did not to the same extent. I've listened to music this year, but um, I did. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't um, been listening to music. All mm-hmm. I did was audiobooks audiobooks I really like audiobooks um Liv what are you reading I am currently reading Beartown I'm almost finished it I have like less than I think I have like 150 pages left and I'm also reading Bliss Montage by Ling Ma which is a short story collection so yeah, I read I read the first short story. It's it was like 15 pages or something. I read that. Okay. So just cuz I was I'm not sick of Beartown, but I just wanted something different, and so I read the first little chapter, the first short story, and it was good. Beartown is quite long, right? Like it's like it's 500 pages. I think it's 450 maybe. I think it's 450. 446 oh. or something. It's long. I know the last book is like as big as the Priory of the Orange Tree. The last one? Yeah, in the series. It's like quite big because I saw it actually at the same bookstore I bought the Priory because I bought it at a used bookstore and they had the winners there, which is the third book. And Pierre was like, you should buy it. And I'm like, well, I haven't read any of them and I'm probably going to read it in like at this rate, never because I'm going to be reading the Priory of the Orange Tree for like the rest of my life. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but oh my god yeah no that's like a huge series and yeah I'm like really intrigued now that you've read it I want to read it or well, yeah, Town? Done. yeah yeah I I mean yeah. if you want to finish it we can talk about it I don't see myself reading the the next ones of it oh really yeah oh. Wait, you want to okay. read okay. yeah I don't see myself reading more not right now. I have other 
I just, yeah, I'm not really loving it. Better things to read. I have more important things to read. I'm just not loving it. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like, I got up until, like, 60%. And I was like, uh, well, okay. Yeah. We'll see. I'm going to finish it. I'm really Mm -hmm. eager to finish it now because... I'm kind of at, like, the, not the climax, but, like, the part before the climax. Like, things are really building up right now. So I mm-hmm. am intrigued to see what happens, but, like, not because I'm loving it, just because I want to know what happens. Right, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so far, I'm literally giving it, like, two and a half stars. Oh. <gasps> which is crazy because this oh. book is, like, a five out of five. I just like to be contrarian in my reading. Oh my god! No, and I really like, don't get it. I don't get the hype at all. Yeah. Okay. Because I literally talked to you only for twenty four hours ago, and you were like not saying this, so I'm kind of shocked. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I read. I read a good chunk yesterday. Like I probably read. Okay. I I probably read close. I've probably read close to hundred pages in the past twenty four hours. So, I just Sorry, like, there was a fucking mosquito. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah yeah oh my god okay 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 but anyways that's what I'm reading hopefully I'll be done it soon because I'm kind of sick of it (laughs) (laughs) but no offense to anyone who likes it everyone I know that has read it has given it five stars so I don't know what I'm missing here I don't know I don't know if I love his writing I think his oh my god I feel I feel validated I think there's something about his writing that I don't like Yes, I think with his writing, for me at least, his writing was too like slow. I don't know. It it was just too everyone's like, oh, but he immerses you. And I was like, I don't know. There was something about it that was just like too kind of like straightforward, but not like it feels detached or something. Like I feel like I'm an outsider looking into a snow globe at a story. Yeah. Rather than getting like immersed in the story, like I feel like I'm just like observing. That doesn't make any sense because that's what you do in every book. But I just, it's like no, but but it's true. Like you're not. I feel very detached from the story. I don't feel like emotionally attached to any of the people. Anyways, there's like there's like eighty characters in that book. Like there's a lot of characters. Everyone and their mom and grandma and dad actually like. why are you including everyone's like whole family tree in this book mm-hmm. about high school kids or like high school yeah high school. Are they high? yeah I think that's why I didn't like it that much too is because it's like high school kids but anyways, mm-hmm. anyways. Talk about our book of the day of the week oh yeah the book of the day or yeah the week we're talking about the vanishing half by Britt Bennett. Okay, we'll start with a little bio for Britt Bennett. So she's the author of The Vanishing Half. She's an American writer. She's based in Los Angeles. Her debut bre- her debut novel was The Mothers that came out in 2016, which was really good. I read it after I right after I read The Vanishing Half. So if you like The Vanishing Half, The Mothers was really good. Um and then her second novel was The Vanishing Half which was came out in 2020 and it was selected as one of the New York Times best 10 best books of 2020. Bennett was raised in Southern California and she earned an undergrad degree in English from Stanford. And then she later went to the University of Michigan for her MFA. 
And it says that she also studied at Oxford. So I don't know if that was like an exchange or something. Oh, okay. Okay. She had an essay in 2014 called, I don't know what to do with good white people. And it was an essay for Jezebel, which is a U.S. website that features news and cultural commentary towards geared towards women. And it got a lot of attention. And then while in Michigan, she also won an award, a Hopwood Award in Graduate Short Form Fiction, as well as the 2014 Hurston slash Wright Award for College Writers. So she's very, I wouldn't say not prolific, but like well awarded, I guess. Like she is obviously a very good writer because she has won all these awards. And she has mm-hmm. since published um, other nonfiction essays, including A History of Black Dolls, which was called Addie Walker, American Girl for the Paris Review. She has a review of the 2015 ta Coates book, Between the World and Me for The New Yorker. Yeah, she currently lives in Los Angeles. And we are patiently waiting for another book by her. But in the meantime, I will be going and reading her essays. Yeah, that's Britt Bennett. Yes, Britt Bennett. Wow. Yeah, I haven't read The Mothers, but I really, like, it's on my want-to-read list. So maybe that's a book I should pick up. Jamie, have you read The Mothers? I have not. I literally just borrowed it, the audiobook, from the library as Liv was saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In real time. So, okay. yeah, it's... I'm convinced. A big fan of Britt Bennett, so. It was, it's about, there was a lot of, like, com- I remember it having abortion in the book as well as like motherhood like I think there was like a few I mean I should just pull up the thing for it instead of trying to describe it because I read it a while ago oh, it was a nominee but... for best debut goodreads author book in 2016 so she wow. was nominated back then way back then I think what she does so well is like writes social commentary into her books but in a way that's like super natural and doesn't feel forced or like you can kind of tell when authors do it performatively yeah Yeah. but her writing is just so yeah natural I guess is the only way I can really describe it like yeah she does she's a very good writer okay so the vanishing half follows two twin sisters Desiree and Stella Beans who are born and raised in a black community in the South in Louisiana. And it's a very small town that like notoriously cannot be found on a map. And it's very unique because it's a community of light-skinned black people. And there's kind of like racism within the town that Bennett talks about a lot of like people who are darker skinned are treated worse. And like people who are of like lighter skin are kind of like glorified and like people yeah, they have this, like, desire to be, like, lighter and lighter, and they even talk about intergenerationally about, like, young people and babies, like, the goal is always to be, like, as light-skinned as possible, and so the two twins, Stella and Desiree, are white passing, and Desiree has been itching to leave the town since she was a kid, and Stella was, like, seemingly indifferent, but then at the age of 16, they both run away from home in the middle of the night and move to New Orleans, and then they kind of split apart um, and 
one of them lives as a white person so she just fully commits to um like pretending I guess like like living into the fact that she's white passing and just living her life as a white person and totally um disowning her past I don't know if disowning is the right word but she kind of leaves her past behind and just completely starts a new life as a white woman and the other sister marries a black woman a black man sorry who's very dark skin and has a very dark skinned daughter and their lives um yeah are completely separate they lose touch and then it follows their lives and then it kind of goes back and forth between like their lives and growing up and what happens to them living their separate lives um one as a black woman and one as a white woman and they each have a daughter um the sister Stella who lives as the white woman has a daughter as well and so it kind of follows like their lives separately and then the lives of their daughters um and yeah it's a really beautiful story of like it focuses on the four women and their, how their lives like remain connected but are still so distant and the Beans twins are born in the 50s so it follows their life up until the 90s when their daughters are I believe like teenagers or in their 20s I hope that wasn't too spoilery no that was so good oh my god no, no spoilers oh, wow okay wonderful. that was wonderful. that was so good great job great job Jamie yay thank you <laughs> Yeah, can you do all our bios? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just finished it, so it's very fresh. <laughs> do you want to tell us what it got on Goodreads? Uh, yeah, so on Goodreads, it got a 4.17, and it has 673,000 ratings. And it's also a winner of the Goods Choice Award for Best Historical Fiction in 2020. Yeah, it's very well loved. It is a very well loved book. I actually I looked back at what I gave it when I like read it when it came out, and I'd given it five stars, which I stand by. And um, a bunch of my friends on Goodreads had read it, and I think like four of them had read it, and everyone gave it five stars. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that that tracks. Yeah, yeah. Very, very I. Good. What did you give it, Liv? I gave it five. Okay, me too. <laughs> I also gave it a five. Um, have we all read this twice? I didn't read it twice. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> as long as you read it once. <laughs> I okay. I started listening to the audiobook to do a reread and couldn't tell you what happened. With the audiobook? I made it I, I made it maybe a chapter in and I didn't finish it. So I think I had a seven day loan and then I didn't listen to it within the seven days and then okay. you know, yeah, know you know how it goes, goes. Yeah. so but I think I I do like really I did really really love this book and I did a good I get, did a good little synopsis read and it came back to me I this one really is very memorable to me like the storyline is very memorable yeah I would stand by that I would say I have a pretty bad memory generally but listening to it again I was like oh this is very mm -hmm. I actually remember it very well mm -hmm. yeah that's how I, I read it like I think in 2020 or maybe 2021 like yeah it feels like a long time ago and then I reread it again oh I guess like last month mm -hmm. it was recent yeah so I reread it and I was I liked it the second time a lot more I think I was just paying attention more and instead of trying to understand like the different timelines, I already understood it, but it kind of made me 
immerse myself in the story more. Um, and I don't reread books a lot, so I see why people do it. Yeah. Yeah. What characters were your favorites? Open question for both of you. That's hard. I really loved um, Jude, who is Desiree's daughter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I think one of the one of the biggest, like the most impactful relationships for me in the book was her relationship with her partner, um, who was a trans man, mm-hmm. Reese. And just like reading about being trans in those decades was really cool. And um, just the sacrifices of the two made for each other to be together and their relationship was very beautiful and that's like Mm -hmm. a a relationship that I still like it's I still remember it from that book that was one of the ones that stuck out to me so much but I also I don't know if this is controversial but I also really loved um Stella's story like I don't know why but I loved obviously like she did that to survive and so that is a choice that she made to to be a white person and like to be able to pass is obviously like just I think the book speaks to white privilege in such a like such a cool way not a cool way it's white privilege isn't cool but you guys know what I mean (laughs) um but following her story was very also very interesting and just seeing like how like one small decision just force their lives into such completely different ways and how race plays into that so much like yeah it was very well like illustrated how how race can completely change someone's lives like one small decision can just flip Mm -hmm. it around so I liked that aspect of it I liked I also liked Desiree's story but those are the two that are coming to mind Mm -hmm. how about you Jamie I don't know I still haven't decided I care like my the number one character that stands out is Jude, but I can't really put my finger on why. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because she kind of gets to do what her mom and her aunt set out to do. Leave Mallard. She gets to go to med school. She gets to like date who she wants to date. And like go to university and it's it all happens in a way that's not I don't know she gets to be her own person mm-hmm. um and it's like refreshing after being like like they keep talking about how dark her skin is like the number one identifying thing it's like they say that she's like so black she's purple like they keep they really stress like how dark her skin is and then how complex it is mm-hmm. being like the blackest person in a black community that really values being light-skinned um so it's just like I guess her story arc is just like it's so refreshing to see her like leave that and obviously like racism Mm -hmm. is everywhere and follows you everywhere and will always like be a thing and impact experiences um but I guess yeah just like seeing her get to leave and like do all the things she wanted to do without having to like sacrifice who she who she is Mm -hmm. for it I really like her story arc a lot um and she just like generally has a very good head on her shoulders mm-hmm. it's like such a little cliche she, like, yeah really makes a lot of difficult decisions and like sometimes she like is hot-headed and says things when she shouldn't like they're all very complex characters 
And like, I wouldn't say any of them really lost me. Like sometimes there are complex characters that you just like hate, but you understand why they are the way they are. But she's like complex in a way that even when she does things that maybe like you wouldn't do or decisions that like make you uncomfortable or whatever. Um, I don't know. I was just like always rooting for her. I liked her a lot, but I did also, I really like, I, Stella is like complicated in a way that can be like frustrating and uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. it also it's so interesting to like see her storyline and how she acts towards black people once she decides to identify as white because she's always like living in this fear of being found out. So then she ends up being like mm -hmm. she's obviously like still a like white presenting black person, but she ends up being like a racist white woman. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just like it's so yeah I don't know Britt Bennett did an amazing job at yeah just like really tapping into so many facets of like race and like the many nuances and layers of like white race relations mm -hmm. um, and I guess like specifically in the states that's where the book takes place but yeah I think those two storylines were the ones that I was always like excited to go back to once she would like veer off to like another story and then come back to them I was like oh yeah I'm tuned in yeah <laughs> yeah I'm ready to hear one of these mm -hmm. two yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I agree I I really liked um Jude's story because yeah like you said Jamie like it's kind of a contrast to Stella and Desiree's life a little bit and I think what's an interesting contrast as well is like the time like the era difference of course like Stella and Desiree grew up in a different time like should we start doing spoilers can we yeah spoilers? we can we can say spoilers from here on out yes yeah, spoilers from here on out but Stella and Desiree are living with like trauma because their dad was lynched mm -hmm. and they witnessed it and I think in that time, of course, like you have such a different idea of race. And like at that time, they were super lucky to pass as white or just be very light skinned. And it's really interesting as time goes on. And Desiree has a, a child with a black man that's a lot darker skin than them and then has a darker skinned child that is able to accomplish so much. It's that's also very interesting. And then also... Um, her relationship with Reese was also really like that just adds another layer and then but one person like I feel like no one talks about Kennedy mm. but I kind of enjoyed her story because Kennedy is Stella's daughter and at, at the back of her mind she keeps like thinking something's up with her mom because she doesn't disclose anything about her childhood and there's like one part where she like starts calling herself black. Like she tells everyone, she's like, oh, I'm part black. And I feel like she just struggles with her identity so much because she just doesn't know what's up with her mom. Mm. But there's like that inner like wanting to know of what's happening. And she's like super wild. And she's such a contrast from Jude, mm -hmm. which is like, it's interesting and I love how they end up meeting together like I don't know this the story is just so crazy like the way Britt Bennett set this up and kind of does a contrast with all the characters like how Stella is similar to 
Jude in a way where they're more like soft-spoken and meek but they also have this side to them that's like kind of upfront and confrontational when they get angry kind of thing and then there's Desiree and Kennedy who are just kind of like a bit more wild and do what they want and a bit more outspoken and upfront and like not really cared too much about their future in a sense where they're not super academic it's very interesting seeing that family dynamic and how it plays out and then with the relation of race and the time period just such a clever Mm -hmm. book like there's so many things I feel like this is the perfect book to like discuss in like a literary class or something like a college class because there's just so many themes yeah um but yeah I like what you said about like yeah like Stella and Jude having similar personalities and Kennedy and Desiree like I didn't even make that connection but now that you say it it's so obvious and like they kind of live similar lives it's like Desiree was the like one who at the beginning was seemingly so ambitious and knew exactly what she wanted and would do anything to get it but then I don't want to say like her life falls flat like that sounds mean but like she doesn't I don't know she's really ambitious and then ends up just going back to Mallard and working in a restaurant her whole life and despite having these like big dreams of doing basically anything but staying in Mallard and then seeing like kind of mm-hmm. all these ambitions and like wants to be an actor and wants to live other places and it's just like yeah I don't know it feels like they have like so much potential and so much ambition and excitement about life and then end up yeah kind of just like not like they never like are able to fulfill their dreams like even though Ken- and I feel like with Kennedy she has all the resources in the mm-hmm. world like they she grows up really wealthy she's kind of spoiled she's white yeah. pretty much and she can't like reach that potential yeah, like- of like just like reaching I guess I don't know like she was an actress but it wasn't like she wasn't a very successful Mm-hmm. like they just like, take that um, off the ground or whatever it is like they mm-hmm. yeah miss the mark for whatever reason and then Jude and Stella in their own ways like get exactly what they want like they were kind of the ones that were seen as the people with like less um what's the word yeah uh, like drive less drive or less expectation like mm-hmm. they're just kind of like quiet and reserved and people always kind of like look down on them compared to other people like Kennedy like you said had all the resources was expected to go to college and get a degree and do well but Jude like was bullied nobody talked to her like didn't have support like her mom and her grandmother like supported her but like wanted her to stay in Mallard but um, she ends up like going to med school and like living on all over the country. Like she's in a few different cities, and yeah, they both kind of like get exactly what they wanted. Like Stella too, like gets like in passing as white, gets to move to LA and live in this mansion and have a kid and have the security that she's wanted. Well, I guess like yeah, she's like always seeking that security, and I guess she kind of doesn't really get it like she talks about like sleeping with the baseball bat and like you see and like her passing his wife she always has this underlying anxiety of like being found out and like carries her past with her person mm-hmm. um but it's, it's, it's yeah that's such an interesting parallel Kim I didn't really realize that <laughs> yeah did she marry her she was the secretary and then she married 
her boss. Yeah. That is, yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. they move to New Orleans, she starts passing as white because she gets a job as a secretary where she says that she's white. And then her boss and her start like being friendly, but they're not even really dating. And then he moves to Boston and asks her to come with him right. as, her, as his secretary. And then they like fall in love and then they end up moving to LA. Right. But yeah, it was her boss. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, by taking that job saying yeah. that she was white, she ended up saying that she was white for the rest of her life. For the rest of her life, yeah. And then had to like mm-hmm. leave her family behind because she couldn't have anything. Yeah. Potentially like spoiling the revealing that. Yeah. yeah. Which is wild because when she took that job, yeah, like you said, like you, then you're making that decision for the rest of her life rather than she didn't if you're just taking a job to get by or to make a stepping stone, like she didn't have to keep making that decision if she didn't want to, but yeah, by agreeing to go with him and like, yeah, it just never came up. Yeah. And well, like she also, cause she had one experience as a kid that they talk about, they keep going back to where she passed as white. I feel like if she was like going to the library or a movie theater. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Oh. Yeah, because there was still, like, segregation, yeah. and she, like, went to a museum or, like, some... Yeah, some public space or something that was only for yeah, white Yeah, she people. just, like, used the white entrance, and no one questioned it. So then, like, the seed was planted that this was something that she could get away with, and I think, like, always kind of wanted to try and was, like, it'd be so easy. Like, why don't more people do this? So it was something that I think she had, like, been toying with, mm-hmm. and then once she got an opportunity... Mm-hmm. And I guess felt like in a place where she was secure and like, yeah, this is something that I can do. Yeah. She ran with it. Yeah. Can we talk about early? Yeah. And Desiree. Yeah. Why yes. were they the why was he the sweetest <laughs> man? Like, oh my God, they loved each other so much. But in this, like, I don't even know what the word is for their relationship, but like, like so unconventional. Yeah. I feel like it's not like a not like a romance novel type love. Like it's very like a real type of like it's almost like two people that can't be together. Obviously, they, they kind of are, but for the situation, it's hard for them to be together. But they like make it yeah. work. Like their relationship is just so like loving. It feels like balanced because mm-hmm. they like. Mm-hmm. Remember when they talk? There's a little section where they kind of talk about the relationship from each of their perspectives, and Desiree is like had an abusive husband, doesn't want to get remarried, and like she, they it talks about how she's like likes that he comes and goes because she's afraid that she would like get sick of having someone around all the time, and then. Mm-hmm. It goes to, like, Early's perspective, and he's, like, he would like to be there more, but, like, knows that it would be overwhelming and, like, knows what she needs. So it's such a, like, I guess, mm-hmm. like, he has to sacrifice maybe more than she does emotionally, but it's just, like, a really beautiful, like, seeing someone for who they are mm-hmm. and, like, meeting them there. Yeah. yeah. I just got such, like not like warm fuzzies but like early was just such a like I feel like I don't remember what book we were talking about but there's 
in a book with so many different storylines, you sometimes need like one character that's just steady and like you can rely on. And I don't know if I'm misremembering early, but I he felt like that to me in the book. Like you just always knew that he was going to love Desiree. And no matter what happened yeah. to their relationship, he was always going to love her and like take care of her if she needed it. And like, I just feel like he was such a steady, like good man and a good character that yeah you could always just like be like okay early's there and then it would get to their, their yeah. storyline I would just be like oh it's early like I also love the name early that's so cute oh I guess it's like Earl early I think it's just early because it, a few times in the book people are like that's not a name yeah early his name's actually just early I love it yeah yeah, I think it's early. I, I don't remember if they explain it or if there's a reason for it, but that, yeah, I think they just refer to him as early, like, the whole time. Yeah, but that was a that was a good yeah. couple. I liked them. And yeah, even when Desiree could be kind of, like, gruff or, like, I don't know, distant, I guess. Like, he, yeah, like you said, like, he understood what she needed and he was willing to be that for her. Mm-hmm. And I think she was willing to be something for him too like they really understood each other on a really mm-hmm. nice level well and he has such a like mystery job too not mystery job but his job is like kind of like not right not not he's not a right, bounty hunter wasn't he or like a person finder yeah mm-hmm. yeah like yeah he like tracks people down oh i just like that they like met as kids and then reconnected i thought that was sweet um segue into that um early is looking for desiree because desiree fled from her abusive husband so they reconnect and it's almost like yeah it's like kind of too good to be true but it's like fate it's almost like i can't give you up to your abusive husband because i want to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh one part i did want to mention is i feel like this is a very interesting way to talk about race because I love how Britt Bennett made the two characters not just siblings but identical twins like I think it shows how much race or like perceptions of race is such a it's just so dependent on how someone is identifying or like identifying themselves as because you can assume they're the exact same person in the sense of like looks, but you can change like probably the way you talk, the what you're wearing, the way you act just to pass as white and just to like pass as yourself, whatever. So I found that like very cool that she chose twins as the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, like, with siblings, it, it would be different. Yeah. 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 Like, it shows, like, the social construction of race a lot. I mean, obviously. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's, like, two people that are exactly the same but had two completely different lives just by embracing, like, being Black or being white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then even, like, furthering it with Desiree having a dark-skinned child even furthers that because like even though she could be white passing if she wanted to be obviously because her sister was her twin was 
her she then had that connection to dark skin through her daughter mm-hmm. and so it wasn't something she could get away from rather than Stella did but yeah it yeah. was it was it's really interesting to read about like colorism and how it exists within the communities so much and especially yeah, in those times in like the 50s yeah just to read those decades interesting since we didn't live through them mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. the way that they got jobs like when they were talking about getting a job like you like they would apply for like dry cleaning jobs or like secretary jobs and then to see handwriting like yeah and like to see the jump in job opportunities from them to their daughters like just that short period of time of like the 50s to the 90s there was so much social change that happened in those four decades yeah that or like four five decades or whatever that was really interesting too like just the commentary on like gender and gendered jobs and even like conversations around marriage and different relationships like early and Desiree's relationship was looked very different to Stella and her husband's relationship so I think she did a good job of like representing different realities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and looking at the pros and cons of each of them like I don't think she presented any one of like if we're talking about relationships for example like she didn't represent one relationship as better than the other one they were all just different yeah they all worked well they didn't necessarily all work but they all had their purpose or served their purpose to the story I guess Mm -hmm. yeah a wonderful yeah writer. yeah and also just yeah like like you were saying shows like complexity of race like I feel like a lot of white people especially think about race as like white and then like racialized people and I know it like focuses largely on or like almost entirely on like the black community and black experience in the states but it also shows like you said like colorism of like there is way more nuance to people's experiences than just being yeah thing like even like with Kennedy it kind of gets at the experience of like biracial people of like not knowing where they fit like not being black enough but like feeling weird saying that she's white once she finds out that like she has like black family and her mom is black Mm -hmm. and yeah the differences of experiences between like again Jude who's like very very dark skin and then those like the twins being like glorified in Mallard because they're so light-skinned but then being black everywhere else um until like um Stella learns how to like pretend to be white or Mm -hmm. act white um yeah yeah it's just like she does a very beautiful job of like kind of seamlessly getting on a lot of different experiences yeah yeah good job Britt Bennett yeah yeah great job what a wonderful writer um I did hear that this book is becoming a movie or a show. HBO series. <gasps> but I was looking at okay. I was looking at it once I finished it last night. And the like most recent publication I saw was in like 2021 saying that it was coming. And they said that there was no like specific release date. But I'm like, is it oh my god, I wanna know. Cause like I, I wonder who would play like Stella and Desiree like I'm so curious if they'd pick twins or if they'd pick like like do what they did in like, yeah. the parent trap I was thinking that too I was like yeah. are they gonna pick 
how are they going to do the twins? Like, that would be a cool thing to, like, cast. Like, cast the cast. Cast the cast. Because this project is categorized as in development. The data is subject to change. So. What? Give us information. And I want to know. I feel like that would be such a good... Well, especially if HBO is doing it, I yeah. trust what HBO does. I like as I was first time, like limited. when it came out, I was thinking like this would be a very good series. Like it's yeah, it would be a very good. Oh yeah, is it something that's still in the works? Jeremy Harris was let go. Oh. The acclaimed playwright and Euphoria co-producer departed the TV series series after failing to meet script deadlines hbo confirmed harris is no longer attached this was in june 2022 august 2021 so i guess it has been like in the works in the works but i wonder if one of their writers just got let go or i guess not just like a year ago now yeah give it to us yeah i mean i have yeah make it now someone write the script on time i don't know know. yeah i feel like that would be a really good series like you can just picture it in your head i feel like i was just like and and also the decades it goes through like it would be very interesting to see how they put that into a series i want to see the costumes Mm-hmm. I live. I'm. I'm <gasps> living for those decades. Yeah. Clothing. Stella's wardrobe. When she... Yes. Oh, and the house. Like I got like a '70s man, Even LA we... mansion. Yeah. Oh. And she has oh. like the like, her wearing like a like mink coat. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Amazing book. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, if you haven't read it yet, I'm surprised because I feel like every person has read this book. I swear every time I like see someone's like stack of books, even if they're not a reader or like they don't or like they don't read at all, they have this book. It's in there. Yeah. It is also a beautiful. And it's also beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. It's beautiful. Jamie, I have to ask you. Was it the best book you've ever read? Um, it's up there. It's <laughs> one of. We'll take that. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Jamie. So nice to meet you, you. and see you. <laughs> okay, we'll chat with all of you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast with Kim and Liv. You can find us on Instagram at bestreadpodcast, email us at bestreadpodcast at gmail.com, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bestreadpodcast. We would love your support. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.